and taking heed to service and worship. Last week, we had that great message. If you've not heard it uh, and you haven't gone onto our podcast, you must have a listen to it about taking heed to the poor. And um, it's my joy to talk about taking heed to the gospel. When Phil asked me to just speak tonight into uh, this particular subject, and he said, look, we you just take the gospel? I, I was with glee. He said, is that all right? All right, that's great. That's, you know, it, it, fantastic. Because it's, it, I have to be honest, it's what I live for, the gospel. And uh, what I want to do is just take us through on a little bit of a journey. I want to ultimately get to Matthew chapter 4, but I just want to use this scripture as a basis to work from. If we've been around church for a while, we'll be very familiar with these verses for sure. But it says in Mark in chapter 16 and verse 15, these are the words of Jesus because it's in red. So I know it's the words of Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Now, if we're going to take heed of something, we must first understand what we're taking heed of. And some people don't quite understand what the gospel is. So I want to try and explain to you in the best possible way. So I'm going to ask Nathan if he'll come and help me. And I'm going to ask Zach if he'll come and help me. And what I want to do is just try and help you to understand what the gospel is. I don't want to assume anything tonight. But I want Nathan to be just uh, over here if you, you will please. And Zach if you could come to the other side. Okay. Because the reality is. Um, God. And I was talking about this, and it was quite funny because we had our community service, first service in Belfield Street in Ilkeston um, on Thursday. And I talked about trying to lay some theology amongst people who have no idea what theology or even God is, but just laying it in. I spoke about how God wasn't angry with them. And it was interesting, Josh had heard about it, and he preached the previous Friday at Universe, and then they had the audacity to say, did you nick my notes? I couldn't believe it, I thought, flipping heck. It wasn't a bad idea, actually. I wouldn't have minded seeing them, but I didn't nick them. Because he spoke about it. God's not hang- angry with you. And the thing is, Zachir is a representation of God. And we've sung it tonight that God's love reaches out to us. It reached us when we were in the deepest pit. It reached out to us when we were in our darkest despair. It reached out to us when we had no hope and we were hopeless. It reached out to us when we were failing and we made lots of mistakes. God is towards us. But the reality is, this is me and you. This is a representative. I thought I'd try and look at, get Nathan because he just looks like he's, well, I don't know what he looks like actually, but anyway. <laughs> what? Is that, you know, I'm just having some fun. It just gets you moving and just, he knows I love him. He's a good man, Nathan is. But Nathan is a representative of me and you. We're far away from God. There's a void. Far, far away from God. Reality is Nathan can be doing his own thing. Doing what he wants, when he wants. Saying what he wants. Just living his life. It's a picture of the world. It's how most people live their life. Because they don't know any different. If you're here tonight, 
And you're thinking, what on earth? What have I come into? Guys on drums and people encouraging you to lift our hands and praying over cart, pieces of card. What's all that about? You know, it's that Jesus' love has touched our life. It might be that you don't know any different. Well, just stay with me because you might just learn something. You might just get something because you're here on purpose. You're not here by chance. Because the reality is we once were where you were. We were doing our own and pleasing our own selves. The Bible says that none of us are without sin. If we say without sin, we deceive ourselves. We've all messed up. We've all missed the mark. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's best. So this is where we are and this is where God, God is. Now someone once said the Old Testament is a picture, is a picture of the, the sinfulness of, of the world, the sinfulness of man. That's what it's all about, the judgment of God and the sinfulness. That's why it's all about a lot of blood and gore and killing of animals and all kinds of things that go through there. It's, need, it's a picture. It needs to stay there. Some people say, oh, I don't live in the Old Testament. We live in the New. Now, I understand that, but we must understand that the Old connects to the New and the New connects to the Old because it's a representation of how we lived our lives. But the New Testament is a picture of God's grace. Because it runs through that, that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world. And you see, there was man, and there was God, and there was a big divide. And there was no way that man could get to God, and God wanted to get to man. So he sent one by the name of Jesus. James, I wonder if you'd come and help me. You look like a good Jesus on a phone. I'm not sure Jesus has got a phone. He don't need a phone to communicate to us, actually, mate. But anyway. So here we have Jesus. And these are good, these are good lads, by the way. They're finding their way in faith and whatever. And we just keep, need to keep praying for more and more of God to do something in these lads. And we see Jesus. Jesus came to the earth. And we're obviously, we're going to be celebrating Christmas as Jesus coming as, as a baby. But he also grew, grew to, be, to be a man. And, of course, Easter Again, is another picture of this Jesus, God, hanging upon a cross. You may have seen this before, but you see what basically happened. That Jesus hung upon a cross. They nailed him to the cross. And so that divide that was once there between man to God, because God was wanting to reach out with love to man. This is the gospel. I'm trying to help you to understand what the gospel is. This is the gospel. This is good news. It's not just good news, actually. It's great news. Oh, anybody think this is great news? I think this is amazing news. When I heard this clearly and understood it as an 11-year-old, it revolutionized my life. Oh, my goodness. Because even at 11, I knew that I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner. And God reached out with love through Jesus. And the divide that was once there was now broken. And so there was a free access for man. Come here, Nathan. For man. To be able to get through, get through, through Jesus, he could get through to God. Just go and sit yourself down, guys. Now this is, this is the gospel. When it talks about the gospel, it's glad tidings, good tidings, good news. Now, listen to me. If I can explain that. With an English language grade C and an English literature grade B. So I'm telling you, I want any great shakes. You can explain that too. 
We need to take heed of the gospel, first of all, to our own lives. If you've never received the gospel, I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to receive the gospel. But what I've tried to help you to understand, Arena Church, and just lay in, how easy it is to share. Was there anything complicated in what I just shared there? I know I've been around, but just was there anything complicated? Was anything, did I use complicated language? Did, could I have explained it better? Well, of course you can. I mean, in some ways, you know, Billy Graham is a wonderful communicator, and the way that he communicates is just terrific. But actually, you and me, who aren't Billy Graham, we can explain the gospel. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing with our mates as we're playing a game of snooker, if I can say this, down the pub with a friend, not getting drunk, but just enjoying a good time with people, we can explain it. In our college, as we're sitting over the desk, typing, as we're in the works cafeteria, as we're taking care of the kids and walking them to school with other parents, as we're in the supermarket and somebody asks us, we can explain this wherever we are. The gospel needs to first touch our lives and then we need to be impassioned by the gospel because the reality is, friend, if we don't begin to reach out with God's love, then if I can say this, people are being lost tonight. They're going to a lossless eternity without knowing Jesus. And that fills me with a sense of urgency. Not panic, but urgency. Urgency. I'm increasingly becoming urgent, urgent with the hour. I'm not going to announce today that God's going to come back and the times are imminent. Because actually, if you wanted me to know on that, I don't believe that actually. My Bible tells me this gospel will will be preached in all the earth. Then the end will come. And I I think statistically, there's at least two, three billion people who have never heard the gospel preached. So Jesus can't come or the word of God is a liar. The word of God is not true. and God's a liar. But there's a sense of urgency about this gospel. So we need to take heed of it. We need to take heed of this gospel. Because that's it in simple form. Now, you may say, well, that's fine for you, Christian. But you're a little bit out there. And you're quite confident in how you talk to people. And temperamentally, you're not prone to shyness and whatever. Forget all the personality types here, right? I'm going to want to tell you one thing that will happen if you will allow this to happen to you. You'll be a maniac for Jesus. I want to just now turn your attention to Acts in chapter 1. Just go with me because we're going somewhere. Because anybody here bold enough to just raise your hand, even the very thing asking you to do this is the very thing you won't want to do. Who's a little bit shy? If you're on the shy side, just raise your hand if you're bold enough. Yeah, there's a few of you. Just, go on, you can do a bit. If you're on the shy side, just raise your hand. Give me a little wave. Just a little wave, yeah. What's my mother waving her hand? You're a liar. Shy? My goodness, she's got more rattle than Elvis Presley. Rattle and roll. Okay. I'll pay for that later. I will pay for that later. Acts chapter 1. It says here in verse 8. Again, the words of Jesus. And you'll receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. Let me give you an understanding of this. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses 
at home, in the office, in the area, and in the nation. Because Jerusalem was home. Some of you, all you're going to be called to is home. So you're, you're counted in this. And the secret, the big secret that I'm about to announce to you is if you're shy, or temperamentally if you're a bit out there, you still need the Holy Spirit. If we're going to see the gospel break out as we need to, it comes through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? To be a what? A witness. That means to say that we will be a witness wherever we are, whatever we're doing. There'll be a power that fills our lives and we'll be a witness for Jesus Christ. We'll be a witness as we carry this gospel. Some people get frustrated and burnt out because they're trying to do it alone. And we were never meant to do it alone. We were meant to do it under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so there's some people who are out there, they're out there because the Holy Spirit has so touched them that they can't do anything else. So this gospel is easy to communicate and it's something that we need to partner with the Holy Spirit with. Now you may say, well Christian, I'm not really good at, at, at talking. I'm not really confident. I don't want to do what you, you're doing. I want to tell you, I just, Phil and I and others have the joy of presenting the gospel publicly, but my life must not just consist of presenting the gospel from a platform, because if I'm not doing it personally, then I don't have the right to do it publicly. Because we're all called to be witnesses, wherever we are and whatever we're doing. And I want to show you three areas that Jesus, from Matthew chapter 4, that I believe we must take to heart. And this is a holistic approach to the gospel. This phrase has been accredited to St. Francis of Assisi. However, under investigation today, they've tried to say it was a misquote, but I'm still sticking with him because someone once said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I want to just take you on a little bit of a journey in these closing moments from Matthew and chapter 4. Because I see three things that Jesus did. There are three ways that Jesus presented the gospel. The first one was in presence. It was presence evangelism. The second thing was proclamation evangelism. And then the third one was with power evangelism. Let's first of all go to presence evangelism. Because we see here in Matthew and chapter 4, if you have your Bible in verse 14, it was prophesied in Isaiah, verse 15, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have now seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. It was prophetic of the presence of Jesus. And there is something about our presence that is so evangelistic. There is something about our presence, just the very fact that we're there, that is so powerful and so potent. I love what Brian Houston um, uh, 
you know, used to say and, 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 does, and does say where he says, everything about you says something about you. Let me repeat that. Everything about you says something about you. There's something about uh, the very fact that your presence is in a, is in a place that causes a collision to happen. Some of you don't even realize it, but you're going into dark places. Some of you do realize it, but some of you don't. You're going into dark places, and there's a collision. Because you are full of Jesus and want to please Jesus, which is the kingdom of light, and you're walking into into occasions and environments where it's the kingdom of darkness. And there's a collision of kingdoms. Has anybody ever experienced that? It's called presence evangelism. Something happens as you walk in to a place. I remember a time when we were um, really trying to just work the ground. I was, I was 18, 19, and I was on a one-year, year-out um, evangelistic church planting kind of thing. And we were put into a really, really difficult uh, context. In fact, one where we, Caroline and I, ultimately pioneered a church uh, there. And it was called the Lakes Estate. At the very center of the Lakes Estate was a, 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 a group of shops with high-rising flats, and they were called Serpentine Court. Gives you a bit of a clue, the whole serpent. I don't want to get too spooky, but there were sorts, all kinds of things that were happening in that place. It was a dark place. Remember one particular occasion, we just, as we were trying to do, was reaching out to people, and people then realized that there was a few Christians down there. And what started to happen was, there were things that were then starting to fall on our heads. Boiling water, eggs, flour. And then we heard a commotion that went from like just a few voices to many voices, and then I realized at that point, because I was leading that team, I turned to my work colleagues and I said, guys, I think it's about time we left. Because we were just literally about to be lynched. They, we managed to get in the car, exaggerate not, and they were, they were kicking the car. They were, they were after us. There was a whole gang of them that wanted to seriously do us damage. And you must context this. This is, this is a, a school that many years ago used to have uh, security as the senior school that would go in because they were checking for knives and all kinds of things. I remember doing a school assembly in there one time and there was all kind of commotion and alarms and all kinds of things going off. And, uh, 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 during lunchtime, this was I was doing a school time um, road show and uh, the, the teacher said to me, listen, you need to get into a safe place. I said, what's happening? And there was a lot of uh, tension because there was a lot of ethnic minorities and so there was uh, Asians and there was a lot, of, um, a lot of Jamaicans that were around there. And they would go in and they would fight. But not just with things. They were fighting with knives and all kinds of things that were going off in this community. This is the kind of context that we were going into. And so I knew we needed to get them out. It wasn't f- being fearful. It was almost like the poor, we need to get you out of here because you're going to cause a lot of difficulties here. And we moved out. But what was it all about? It was about presence. There was a presence about a group of Christians going in. So don't be, you know, the reality is this gospel, this gospel is not just a nicey-nicey. This gospel will get in people's faces. You won't have to say anything. You won't have to say anything. And people will know it. 
and they'll sense it. They'll see something different about you. If you're not big at talking, don't worry about that. Just live it out. Just live this Christian gospel out. Love people. Care for people. Encourage people. Speak different. Act different. Don't feel taken out of the you know, stationary cupboard. Don't fiddle what you're doing at work. Just live differently and people will see it and sense it and smell it. This is the gospel, guys. It's called presence evangelism. But then we read on in Matthew chapter 4 because it then goes on to say in verse Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is proclamation evangelism. Now, he was preaching, but I want to tell you, out of the week, we only have half an hour out of our whole week where you sit under a preached word. So is that the gospel in its entirety? Of course it's not. It's about Julie talking to people who are far away from God. It's about Jonathan connecting with people in his university course. It's about Natalie connecting with people in her world. It's about Marnie connecting in that hospital. It's about Arnie connecting wherever you are. Wherever you are. It's about you guys connecting. But there's a proclamation. Now listen to me. Listen to you. You're, you're, not, you're all very quiet. You're all okay. Just nudge the person next to you and say, you awake. Please. Because I find it a bit disconcerting when people are so quiet with me. Okay, listen to me. You all can do this. You all can do what I've just said, done there. You all can tell people how Jesus has changed your life. Just tell your story. That's all you need to do. doesn't need to have any, any bells and whistles on it. If the fact is that you lived a good life and you were brought up in a Christian home, and Jesus met with you, and you've lived a good life since that, that's a wonderful testimony. And you tell the story. That's all you need to do. Some other people have got more of a, as I say, colorful story. So you need to tell your story. Be careful where you say it, in what context you say it, but just tell your story. I'm not encouraging us on Saturday to go down the open air. I don't know whether it was in Mansfield. It was certainly somewhere around here. But there used to be a man who'd, his idea, and and I think it was a context thing, but he would throw the Bible on the floor and he would start shouting, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive, and dancing around it, it's alive, it's alive. (laughs) And people would start to run forward and say, what is all this, what's... And then he would pick up the Bible. Start talking about this book. That's alive. Now that's, that's a great story. I'm not quite sure that I'm going to be encouraging you guys to go down. You'll be pleased to know. You shy ones and saying, okay Sharon, I want you to take this Bible. And I want you to go down to the thing. And I know what she'd do, she'd tell me to get knotted in a very nice Christian way. <laughs> She'd say very holy and nice, oh, get knotted, Christian, or whatever, but I'm not asking her to do that. All I'm asking you and me to do is tell the gospel story, proclaim it in a way that people understand it. That's it. And that is preaching. Because all preaching is, don't get hung up on it, and we value the preach word, and we honor the preach word, but all preaching is, It's communicating. It's speaking. It's speaking truth. Speaking truth. And I tell you the truth tonight. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, 
your presence will be full of evangelism and your words, you'll proclaim something to your friends. The third thing is that Jesus, and he shows this as a model, presence evangelism, proclamation evangelism, and then thirdly, power evangelism. You see, what happens with the gospel, the Bible says, and these signs will follow. These signs will follow. The challenge to me and Phil at this particular moment, whether we realize, and we do realize it, we don't talk about this, but we really want to press into this more and more. There's other young guys who want to do this as well, who are around our, around our worlds. Because I'm really challenged by that. It says these signs will follow. Well, what signs are they? Well, these are power signs. We're talking about dynamic, dynamic, a dynamic manifestation of the Spirit. We're talking about something that's real and authentic. We're talking about people radically being set free. We're talking about people wonderfully being healed. We're talking about blind eyes opening. We're talking about lame, the lame walking. We're talking about demon-possessed people being set free wonderfully by the power of God. Please don't just confine this to Jesus. Jesus didn't just say, these are confined to me. He says, you will do even greater things. We have no problem with presence We have no problem with proclamation, but we get seriously hung up on power. And I want to tell you, I'm not hung up on power for power's sake, because it actually isn't about me, it's about His glory. As soon as we take our eyes off the fat and we think it's because of us, that's when God will take it from us. But if we will maintain this is actually for His glory, and I absolutely believe the greatest miracle that anybody can have is receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's greater than any Dead, being raised, blind eyes opening, it's greater than all those things. But we see here that there is a power that comes, and it says that Jesus went throughout verse 23, Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom. And get this, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Verse 24, news spread about him all over Syria. I'm just reminded of us, as I stand here, of that word from David Hind, there weren't many of us. He says, you won't need any publicity. As the kingdom of God begins to spill out, as there's a proclamation of the, of the kingdom, as, as things begin to happen over this two-year period, and I'm still believing for it, they'll all come to you. You won't need to put any adverts out there. And this is what happened here. News about who? Jesus spread all over Samaria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the par- seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Verse 25, large crowds now from the Ga- Galilee and the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. It sounds like revival was breaking out. Third thing, power, evangelism. Listen to me, let me be very clear, and there's some guests here and and, and it's, it's wonderful to welcome Mark again. We always do that, but it is great to see you, Mark, from St. John's. We really do give you a warm welcome. And it's good to have fellowship with other people, ministers in the town. 
And there's some people who are visiting here, and then there's some people who are made arena, your home, and other people still on a journey. But let me be very, very clear. Arena Church believes not just in presence evangelism, not just in proclamation evangelism, but we believe passionately in power evangelism. We'll never go freaky. We'll never go overboard in it. But we want to step into doing the works of Jesus. We're believing that in this day, could you, could you imagine it? If now tonight, if now tonight the, the sick were brought in, and nothing to do with me, because this is what I long for. Actually, when it's happening in the congregation, people are being touched by the power of God. Nothing to do with us, just while people are worshiping. Or while somebody's preaching, nothing to do with, something begins to happen. Could you imagine what will happen in the community? Can you imagine what would happen to that person as they begin to say, you know, I was, I was at this place, it was bizarre, but Jesus touched me. I mean, real authentic people, people who are blind, wonderfully now seeing. People who couldn't walk, now walking. Could you imagine what that must be like? Now, like I said, we're not going to go overboard on it. But we are going to press in to believe in for the manifestation of power evangelism. Because this is the gospel. This is the gospel. So, friend, can I encourage you to take heed of the gospel? This gospel is the power of God, the Bible said, to salvation. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've been asking questions like, what does my life consist of? What am I doing here? Is this it? Why am I in so much pain? Why am I in so much heartache? Why can't I get rid of this pain? I'm not talking about physical pain, heartache. If you feel dirty tonight, if your mind is just not clear, I want to tell you, God is not angry with you. That is a lie that we've heard already. That is a lie. God loves you. It's nothing but love, guys. You can't get away from it. God is love. He loves you. That's why he sent Jesus into the world. And I want to encourage you tonight to respond to this gospel because it, is, it is, has the potential to, to be the power of God unto your salvation. I wonder if we'd bow our heads. I wonder if Julie would just... Tonight I'm going to ask... I'm going to do it the other way around. I'm going to talk to people who are believers and committed Christians. But you might just feel like you're a little bit feeble. I'm going to use that word feeble. You're just not strong in your witness. You you really get pumped up and worked up. You don't find it easy. Or it may be that you say, Christian, you know what? I do find it easy, but I want more of the fire of God. Because I want to take this gospel seriously. I want an urgency in my heart that's you tonight I just wonder if you just raise your hand not for me but to God say God I'm in this prayer just raise your hand where you are thank you hands are raised going up all across I want you to seriously mean it before the Lord just keep your hand raised just keep your hand raised while every eye is closed lots of hands that have gone up 
And I just pray for every one of you. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would fill these precious people with your power and that they would be an effective witness for you. And that there would be an urgency that runs through all of us to reach out to those who are far away from you. Just put your hand down. Just keep your eyes closed. If you've never responded to the gospel and you say, Christian, would you pray for me tonight? I want to receive this Jesus that you talk about, this God who's full of love. I just want to know what it is.